today's a great uh, Sunday. We, we spoke about it two weeks ago. Jeff Nareli, uh, Jeff, Nareli, why don't you come on up? And uh, we were planning a send-off service. So uh, for those of you that uh, uh, may be here for the first time, just so that you don't feel like you're walking in on a private uh, meeting, uh, Jeff and Nareli have been serving here at the church for a number of years. Uh, really uh, oversaw and ran the whole uh, children's ministry uh, program. Uh, Ellen, you staying? Yeah. Uh, well, you can join too. I mean, you, you know, you're coming and going. That's okay. Uh, so really oversaw the children's ministry program for many years, and Jeff has overseen the uh, youth program uh, for many years, and today's their final uh, youth party. They're going to do a Christmas uh, uh, dinner, and uh, all the youth are going to be part of that. But uh, Jeff and Nareli are going on an assignment, uh, their next step. Uh, uh, so they're leaving us today. This is their last day with us, and they're uh, going all the way far to Framingham. Uh, they're not moving house. They're, they're staying in Hopkinton, but they're going to Framingham as uh, interim pastors. Uh, the Framingham Vineyard Church uh, does not have a senior pastor at the moment, and uh, Jeff and Nareli are going to go over as interim pastors and help them regroup and help them uh, see like who they're going to find as a pastor and why would they select that particular pastor and figure out their vision and, and that sort of thing. So anyway, I uh, wanted us to uh, pray for Jeff Nareli, but Jeff, I don't know, did you want to say something about uh, you, your thoughts there on the uh, assignment in in uh, Framingham and uh, invite people to come and visit you out there and see what's, uh, what it's all about. And so if you open your Bibles, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this, uh, we really would appreciate your prayers and uh, as we go uh, on this assignment and what God's calling us to do. It actually folds in for the bigger story um, We've been praying for months, maybe more than a year, about what our next steps are and what God's calling us and leading us to do and sensing that, especially as the little guy that we brought here when he was about this tall is now taller than me. No kidding. And, and uh, what Alan's next steps are and for ours. And we just felt this call from the Lord to, um, to, to look to, to move back to El Paso, where, where we originally uh, came and, and, and lived and felt like God was doing something, and so we said, oh man, if you're in this, and so we started looking into opportunities, and if God really wanted us back there, and what ministry was, and what that meant for Alan, and as the year has gone by, Alan's been accepted in college in Florida, and he'll be going there uh, next year, uh, and so that's exciting for him, and for us, and and then uh, I explored some ministry opportunities in El Paso, in the southwestern region, and went out there, and, and looked at some things, and God seems to be saying yes. Yes, yes, yes. And still with the vineyard, of course. And uh, in the midst of that, this, this fall, not looking to do anything for a full year, um, Framingham, Rob called us in, and Framingham's pastor had, had left. And uh, we've been going over, as many of you know, for uh, off and on for the past couple of months, doing some pastoring and, and uh, preaching. And so they asked us to come in and step into that role, and we felt like that was something God wanted us to do and um, that would be a good transition. And we're excited about how he's backfilled with Debbie and, and, and provided somebody in leadership in children's ministry and with Ari, who's come on board and, 
And uh, we look forward to you guys giving them all your love and support like you have for us. And we just thank you. And we appreciate if you think of us, would you pray for us? And pray for the church in Framingham. We'd like to see the vineyard continue to grow in our region and continue to have a presence. So well, we're going to pray for you now, not later. So if the overseers are here, why don't the overseers come up? Uh, we can lay hands on Jeff, Nadelli, and, um, and we're also going to have uh, the youth. Why don't the youth come on up? Because, hey, you guys have been there on the receiving end. So youth, come on up uh, and uh, put a hand on them. If the rest of the churches extend a hand of blessing towards them. But Lord Jesus, we just pray for... Uh, Jeff and Areli, uh, Lord, we ask that you would send them. Uh, we pray for your wisdom for them. Uh, Lord, that you would uh, give them uh, what they need for Framingham, that uh, Jeff would have the leadership, uh, wisdom, uh, help them direct uh, where they're going and who they are and who you've called them to be and, and uh, favor with finding th their next uh, pastor and, and helping them in that process. So, Lord, we just uh, pray for your blessing. We pray for your anointing. We pray for your sense of uh, presence being with them. And we just, uh, at the same time, thank you, Lord, for all they've done here at the church. Uh, and we just lift them up in your name, Jesus. If any of you want to pray something out, you, you can. I don't know what happened to that microphone, but you can pray. Uh, thank you. I'm using a microphone. I I don't really know the Jeff that much, but I pray that he will be able to be a good leader in the new church in Framingham, and that he will uh, teach them as well as he taught us. And I just pray that you bring your blessing on him so that He'll be able to teach other people so much, just like he taught us. Amen. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks, folks. We've got a little gift chat for you, Jeff and Areli. So hold on a second while I get it. I was digging around my garden, <laughs> and I pushed the snow over, and then I found this little tree. It's like growing a little sideways. So I thought I'll put in a little pot, and, and, and I thought you might appreciate it. Oh. It needs lots of uh, tender, loving care. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and this for you has a few angel's wings on there. And I'm sure there's something about coffee. For your in safe it. travels. <laughs> too, but... But there you go. Bless you guys. Uh, thanks. All, All right, right, kids now. are going to head over to the kids zone. All right, great. Thanks for joining us for that. <laughs> All right, this is good. This is good. I want to talk a, a little bit about God's love today and uh, looking at God's love from God's perspective as opposed to our perspective. Uh, 
uh, when uh, we look at, uh, at God's love uh, and the sense of God saying, you know, I am love. And uh, if you come into my house uh, and my home, uh, what you should experience is acceptance and love. Uh, however, as much as God is uh, communicating one thing, uh, we as uh, you know, flawed humans uh, tend to distort or perceive or understand God uh, differently. And so, uh, you know, on the one hand, God is uh, leaning out and he's saying, you know, my love will win out. And uh, we look up and we try and figure out God and, and we sense that God is saying, God is going to catch me out. You know, there's this sense that uh, it's not like God's love is going to win out. I'm walking nervously because somehow I've messed up and uh, God's just up there somehow trying to catch me out and, and call me out if I've slipped up. And uh, we, so we have this anxiousness uh, about God or should I say a misperception about God. Uh, and so I want to look at uh, today, uh, uh, looking at God's love from God's perspective. What does God say about his love towards us, and uh, if we could allow ourselves to uh, sort of shift our mindset to what we think God should do, and the way we think God should love us, and the way we think God ought to, uh, and uh, you know, meditate or contemplate and breathe in and read about and understand how God is reaching out and accepting us and loving us. Uh, there's a sense that when we come home uh, for Christmas, uh, the, that uh, you know we come home to God's love. We come home to uh, a God that's for us, uh, a God that truly uh, loves us, uh, a God that has very high standards, and yet He's a God which is saying, "I love you, and I'm constantly forgiving you." Uh, and uh, it, it's it's a mystical, magical, uh, wonderful uh, thing to encounter the living God. I mean, once you've had a taste of God's love and God's goodness, uh, it, it's just magnetic. You just want more of it. Uh, and uh, the way God has designed us is that we would first encounter this incredible love that He has for us. And once we've uh, encountered this incredible love, we would want to be transformed. And then we would want to live according to the way God wants us to live and do the things according to the way God wants us to do things. But the first thing is we have to experience and encounter the love of God. If we don't encounter the love of God, trying to live for God and, and please God is just totally perplexing. Uh, but if we've experienced God's love for us, uh, then living for God is just an absolute delight because we want to experience His love more and more. We want to be close to God, and uh, that's our heart's desire. And so as we gather together, coming in now to Christmas being next week, uh, many of our college kids are coming home, and uh, as parents, we look forward to our kids coming home. And uh, as kids coming home, uh, I would think they're expecting to come home to home that's something that they know, a place that's warm, uh, a place where they can be understood, a place that even if they've got quirks and whatever not, you know, mom and dad know them and accept them and love them and desire for them uh, to be home. And so there's the sense of, I want to be home, I can be understood, I can be loved, I can, uh, you know, be who I am, 
and uh, enjoy that. And as, as younger kids, uh, I think there's a, a, a different sense. If you've got kids in school, uh, you know, this is just a good time to have a break. And uh, hopefully yesterday, if you were able to get out and have some sledding before it changed to, to rain, there's a sense that, you know, the kids can come home and play, and it's a safe place. It's a place where they can be uh, themselves and do the things that they like to do uh, when they're not under deadlines of school and not under the pressure of school. They can just, uh, you know, be. And so God, in a similar way, is desiring that we would be able to just enjoy Him and just be, be who He's made us to be and be comfortable with that uh, in His house, in His way. And uh, the Christmas season is a story of God's love uh, in an incredible way that God just uh, loves us. Uh, you know, the Bible says God's house has many rooms. And it's like, okay, if you're a college kid, you got your room. If you're a kid coming home from school, you got your own room. Uh, it's your place. It's your area where you're part of the bigger house and uh, you belong. And God is saying to each one of us, He's got a room for us. Uh, and in that, there's a sense that God is saying, okay, you are welcome. Uh, come on in. I desire you to be close and to be present. And so uh, my heart is that uh, we would experience uh, that loving part of God in a significant way uh, over this uh, you know, Christmas season, but particularly today as we uh, explore uh, the love of God and how God um, uh, welcomes us. Uh, and the funny thing is, you know, uh, we can come home to a very dysfunctional family and still be like accepted. You know, church can be a very dysfunctional place, and yet we still experience God's love. I mean, we can be very dysfunctional people, but still incredibly loved by God. Uh, and again, God is not asking us to clean up our act, to be perfect, and then He'll love us. Uh, this is just such a broken concept that somehow other we have to fight against. Uh, we have to have the mindset that God loves us and He accepts us even in our brokenness and in our dysfunctionality and He wants to be with us and make us whole. And the closer we get to God, uh, the more we experience His love, the more uh, excited we get, the more energy we get, the more vision we get, and the more we want to do things because God has uh, designed us and made us that way. So uh, what I want uh, to try and communicate in my sermon today is, you know, what does God's love from God's standpoint look like? Because we are only too quick to, you know, especially people exploring faith. You know, I won't follow God unless, you know, God does blah, blah, blah. And, you know, how can so many bad things happen if God was really in charge, blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's like, wait a bit, can you just like, accept that you're not God and can you just like put the pause button on and then with a megaphone listen to what God is saying and experience his love now I particularly like this passage in Ephesians 3:19 because it says this and this is my prayer for this morning as we uh, open the, the service it says may you experience the love of Christ Okay, not hear about the love of Christ, not intellectualize the love of Christ, not have a uh, theology about the love of Christ, you know, not compare the love of Christ, but may you experience, may you experience the love of Christ. 
through, though it is not too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Uh, so Lord Jesus, I just pray that uh, today, uh, in some measure, uh, Lord, that you would uh, reach out, that we could experience your love that you have for us. Uh, Lord, that we could understand from your perspective how you love us. And so, Lord, I just pray for your spirit to move here this morning. Uh, Lord, uh, help us to be focused on what it is that you're saying to each one of us individually. Uh, Lord, I just pray for those that are lacking faith or are disillusioned in their faith, that you would uh, reach out to them in, in a particular way this morning that those could come to faith this morning, maybe for the first time, or those that are just feeling you know, overwhelmed or disillusioned or just so busy that they can't stay focused on you. Lord, that you would reach out and assure them and love them. But we welcome your Holy Spirit. Help me with my preaching this morning. In your name, Jesus. Amen. So uh, if you've got a bulletin insert, uh, I just encourage you to uh, follow along if, if you like to do that sort of thing. You don't have to if you don't want to. But uh, the first point that I want to make is God's statement. And God says that He is love. I mean, God describes Himself as being loving. Uh, in the New Testament, in John, in verse uh, 4-8, it says, God is love. Uh, you know, it's just like God is love. That's who He is. That's His being. That's, that's God. So when we think of God, the first thing that should actually come to our mind is that God is love. Not God is a disciplinarian or God is a taskmaster or, you know, God hates this type of person or hates this type of behavior. God, God is love. I mean, it's just a, a, an unbelievable a thought for us to to process, and as we back up in John one uh, in John one seventeen, it says God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. So the birth of Jesus, this Christmas story, is God's unfailing love. I mean, from God's perspective, from the Father's perspective, it's unfailing love that He has towards us. No matter which way his people have deviated and gone astray, or which way you've deviated and gone astray, God's uh, position towards us is unfailing love, which gives us this tremendous security that whatever position we're in, we can always come back to God and say, God, you know, help me. Uh, I need to lean on you. I need a little bit of courage. I need extra strength. Uh, you know, Lord, I'm stuck. Uh, Lord, I, you know, the situation is really overwhelming. And uh, we can lean into God and expect and experience God's love for us. Uh, in 1 John 4, 8, it says, But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You know, so the big idea here is this. If you don't love, if you're not a loving person, uh, it's probably because you haven't had a good dose of God's love. Uh, because what the, what the New Testament is telling us is that once we've encountered the love of God, there's something in us which just wants to like love other people or work and serve for the Lord. 
or do what God is calling us to do. Uh, you know, when like Jeff and Arely, when, when Jeff left uh, corporate America, he could have stayed on and said, you know, I'm at the end of my uh, career. I'm in the, the prime time of my earning. Uh, I've kind of got the job more or less under control, although corporate schedules require a lot from you. And he could have said, you know, to maximize my retirement, if I worked for another four or five years in corporate, I could have made more money for many in the last, you know, seven years of corporate life than what you could in the last 17 years. But, but Jeff is saying, wait a minute, there's something I've been wrestling with right since a teenager. Jeff shared his, his testimony when he came to faith in Christ. And, and uh, his whole life he's like been serving in corporate America. But at the same time, there's this passion which is building up in him. And it's a passion for God. He's experienced God's love. He's seen how God's love has transformed him. He's been part of ministries in different churches and serving here and there. And he's saying, I want to do more of that. Now, that doesn't mean to say that it's easy. Uh, absolutely not. I mean, you step in and you start serving and you start loving others. You realize that people need a lot of love. And often what comes back at you isn't very loving. Uh, but the motive is, I've experienced God's love. And I want to love other people. I want to serve the Lord I, in some way, shape or form. And there's something which is just like it just gets hold of you. It's like, how? Find a place. Where's a niche? How do I serve the Lord? What's my role? And we should all be asking that question in one way, shape, or form. We're saying, God, I've experienced so much from you. You've been so good to me. How do I express that or, 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 or serve others? Or, or what's my outlet? What does that look like? And we wrestle with those sort of things. And, and I think in a good way. Uh, because God wants us to be the vehicle that loves other people. Uh, we should be loving we should be serving. We should be kind and helping out others. That's what God wants to happen as we love others. Uh, I want to read this, uh, this passage out of Exodus. Uh, it's just, you know, one of those passages which is just so, you, you kind of have to read it again and again for this to sink in. Because the first time you read it, you're just trying to get the story. And the story is that, you know, Moses has gone up. Uh, to meet with God, and uh, God's giving him the Ten Commandments. He comes down, and, and uh, everybody's worshiping a golden calf. You know, like the most unbelievably, like, obnoxious, offensive thing the people could ever have done to a, a God that's delivered them out of uh, slavery and promised them, uh, you know, all these blessings of the promised land. And here they are doing the exact opposite of what God's going to do. But here's God's heart. I mean, this is the part that you, you know, you've got to read this again and again. It's like, it's not like you read the Bible once and now you got it. It's like, okay, this section, you just read it again because each time you read it, you, you're kind of getting a deeper level of God's love. And what does God's love towards you and me look like? And so it says this, The Lord passed in front of Moses calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I will lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. Okay, there's just like that's just like I said, that's just one of those passages. God is saying, I'm forgiving, I'm loving. 
I'm, I'm caring. But there is still justice, and God will take care of the justice. But he wants us to experience that, like, okay, we mess up, and we come back, and God loves us, and uh, God is really for us. Uh, it's just an amazing thing. Uh, it's amazing perspective that God has for us. And then as I've been looking at many of the prophets and some of the prophecies in, in, in the prophets, I uh, wanted to uh, look at uh, the book of Malachi. It's the last book in the, in the Old Testament. And Malachi uh, has two fascinating uh, statements, to me anyway. I mean, it has a lot of fascinating statements, depending which thing you're looking at. But for today, there's two fascinating statements. The one is, he has a prediction, not about Jesus, but a projection made hundreds of years before John the Baptist, saying, okay, I, I'm going to send a guy, and he's, you know, it's going to be John the Baptist, and he's going to prepare the way for the Lord. And we find this little uh, powerful prophecy uh, in, uh, in Malachi chapter 3. It says, look, I am sending my messenger, messenger and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. For the messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Now, Jesus' arrival, we're thinking about Christmas, we're thinking about the prophecies, and yet even about John the Baptist, uh, God is giving people advance notice saying, this is the way I love you. I'm going to be giving you a new relationship, a new covenant, a new way of dealing with people, and it's going to be through Jesus. And, uh, you know, the excitement of, uh, of Christmas uh, is understanding this mystery of God's love towards us. But we are always questioning God. I mean, we always sort of have this attitude like we know more than God, and God, you know, if you're really that loving, then, you know, just prove it to me. Or if you're really that powerful, like just sort it all out. Or if you're really that, you know, got that much justice, like why is there so many unjust things happening in this world? And, and you know, God, you know, just answer to me. And what I love about Malachi is it deals with that directly. I mean, this is the way the book opens, okay? The start of this little prophecy, the last book in the Old Testament, this is the message of the Lord. Uh, this is Malachi chapter 1, verse 1. This is the message of the Lord the Lord gave to Israel through the prophet Malachi. I have always loved you, said the Lord. Okay, here's the Lord. The Lord's talking. I have always loved you. And we could listen to that same statement to each one of us. God is saying to each one of us, I've always loved you. And then, you know, we in our arrogance and our cockiness, we say, Really? How have you loved us? I mean, I'm reading from the Bible. This is, you know, people's comments. This is like real, real people. Really, Lord, uh, how have you loved us? And the Lord replies, This is how I showed my love to you. Real easy. Ask the direct question. Lord, how have you loved us? Show it. Prove it to me. And God says, I'll give you an exact answer. This is how I've showed my love to you. Now, I'm going to leave you hanging because I'm not going to read the rest. That's your... Homework, meditation for the week. Like, how did God exactly answer that? When God said, I'll show you. Let me read this again. I've always loved you, says the Lord, but you retort, really? How have you loved us? And the Lord replies, this is how I showed my love for you. Blah, 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 blah. And you'll just have a wonderful time this week uh, reading that and saying, okay. 
That's how God has showed his love towards us. He's a faithful God. And, uh, and the reason I'm doing that is because you kind of need to really like ponder that. It's sort of not, it's a slow read. Second point I want to make here. God's plan of love is with relationship. God's plan of love is with relationship. It's the already and the not yet. You know, here in the vineyard, if you're new to vineyard, you'll know that uh, one of the things we emphasize is the kingdom of God theology. The kingdom of God theology is looking at how often in the Bible the word kingdom of God shows up and uh, the, the ramification of that, which is a loaded uh, passage talking about God's already uh, presence, uh, His not yet presence, and His future presence, all kind of mixed together. And our uh, joy and our delight is to try and comprehend and understand and experience God when some of it's past tense, some of it's current, and some of it's future tense. And it's all simultaneously often. And uh, not to get hung up by only looking at the future, not to get hung up by only looking at the past, and not to get hung up by like only living in the present, but trying to understand how these things all hang together. It's really uh, God's delightful plan. So again, uh, the beginning of the Bible, the book of Genesis, the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, and God's wonderful plan for how He loves us. I, I, I just want to read uh, a short section from Genesis, a short section from Revelation, uh, the Genesis part would be the already. This has already happened. The Revelation part is not yet, hasn't yet happened. Uh, and we'll look at the now. But the, the, what's already happened? Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Now the point here is God has created us in His image. I mean, there's something unique and something special about who we are. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry around the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw, and what he saw, he said, is very good. Life and us and who we are. God, it's very good. And God desires relationship with us and has relationship with us. And uh, the story of the Bible starts in the Garden of, Garden of Eden with God's presence, His love being close to us. And then it ends uh, in Revelation, uh, just pressing into uh, in Revelation uh, chapter 21, verse 3. I'll just read one verse. It says this, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among His people. He will live with them, and they will be His people. God Himself will be with them. 
we get the sense, you know, it's sort of like, okay, Garden of Eden was perfect. Why was it perfect? Because God's presence was with us. Our current situation is not perfect. And we kind of trying to get to grips with where God is and who God is and how God loves us and what's God's plan for our lives. And, and we, we can comprehend that, but not fully. Uh, but we also know with the end of time with, in Revelation, it's going to be with God being with us again. The, the big plan is that we can experience God's presence and therefore God's love. I mean, that's the thing that, which lifts our hearts. And so when we move into Christmas, it's with that expectation that in the middle of these two bookends, uh, God is doing something incredible. Uh, he's given us His Son in His image that looks like us as a human, born as a baby, that we can relate and understand better who God is and how much He loves us. Uh, I mean, you know, the Christmas story really isn't a baby story. I mean, this is like a, a, a deep level adult-like story of which kids are welcome to participate in and join in and have fun in and are, are welcome to. But I mean, this is a heady topic, uh, Christmas, it, and Jesus being born fully human and yet also fully God. It, it's, it's an amazing story, which is why... <clears throat> Excuse me, we, we so, I so love telling the story of Christmas because it's a comprehensive, uh, complex story. It's a wonderful story. Of course, throughout <clears throat> the Old Testament, excuse me, and the prophecies that we really looked at, in our, like Isaiah, the prophecies are always Emmanuel, God with us. And so... Between these two bookends and in the Old Testament, there's a sense of what will make life really great for you and for me is to be closer to God, to know Him better, to experience His love in practical ways. It, when we do that, when we can connect with God, when we experience that love, things go really, really well for us and life becomes really, really meaningful. The last point I want to make is this. God loves us now, right now. Uh, you know put it this way as a parent you love your kids do you think your five year old when your kids were five do you think they fully understood your love for them do they get it your 10 year old your 15 year old your 15 year old your 15 year old do, do they fully understand that you love them you know your 20 year old from God's perspective, He loves us. And as parents, we can understand the, the challenge that our kids don't fully get it. <clears throat> they don't fully understand how much we love them. Uh, and yet we do. So, when the shepherds show up, because God has called them, and He's done something incredible about Jesus' birth, it always surprises us. It's sudden. It's delightful. There's something exciting that happens in us. Kids can get it, and adults can certainly get it. But when we come across God doing something in our lives, uh, God alive, we are excited, we are uh, uh, energy-driven. I mean, it just like it lights us up. 
And the story of the shepherds and the, and the sheep, I mean, they weren't expecting God. They weren't educated people. Uh, they weren't sophisticated. They're just like hanging out with sheep. And God shows up and he's showing them their lo his love. It's a delightful story. <clears throat> Which is why John 3.16 is such a well-known passage. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. Apologies for my voice. As we just <clears throat> wind this up, <clears throat> God says this, For he so loved the world, for he so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 5.8 says this, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Even though we're not perfect, God is sending him, sending Christ. And then I just love Romans 5, 5, because this is so practical for me. It says, For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. In other words, it's no longer a concept. God is saying, I'm going to live in you. I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit to reside within you. And you're going to experience His love. And for all of us that believe, we're saying, more, more. Lord, I want more of your Holy Spirit. I want more of your love. I want more of the good things that you're promising. I want more of the direction that you're calling me for. Lord, I want more of your input on how to spend my time, on how to spend my money. I want more. I want more of your love. God is saying, good. That's what I want to do. I want to give it to you. I want to give you more of my Holy Spirit. Do you desire it? Is that something you, you hunger for? And when we say, yes, it is, then God pours it out. It's a faith message. It's saying, first, we need to desire God, believe in God, and hunger for God. And then God pours it out and directs us. It's not like He directs us first, and then we say, oh, okay, great, that was God. No, we, we desire it, and then God mysteriously directs us. And then when we look back, we say, wow, I can see God's hand in all of this. So, uh, as I just conclude, I, I conclude with this, with this passage from 1 Corinthians 2.9. Uh, it says this, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Uh, that's you. Uh, is your. Have you got any comprehension of what God has still, ha still has prepared for you? Do you have any idea about the gift that God has under the tree for you, for your life, for what God wants for you and what His desires are for you? It's unimaginable. We think too small. We think, you know, God, if you'll just do this little thing in my life. But if we will just allow God this Christmas to say, God, give me your gift. Give me firstly the gift of your Holy Spirit. Fill me up. Show me the path that you want to go on. I just want to follow you. I know it's going to be awesome may be very difficult. It may be painful. It's going to be awesome. You just look at the Apostle Paul's life. It was awesome. Difficult? Yes. Awesome. And that's what we say we want. We want more of you, God. When we get to the end, there's going to be no more pain. Then we realize, okay, it was worth it. So, Lord Jesus, as I conclude, I just uh, pray for your people. Lord, I just pray for those that have a heart, that are looking for more, more of your Holy Spirit, more of your love, to be connected with you, to hear your voice, to have that personal touch that only you can give. 
where we know that it's you and nobody else, and only you could have done it. And so, Lord, we just uh, put aside uh, all our wants and desires, and we just pursue your love and say, you love us, and we thank you for that. And thank you for sending your son, Jesus, as a human, that we could understand and see and recognize who you are, God. So fill us with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to stand and worship you now and understand in a, a little way the way how much you love us and how deep and how wide your love for us is. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.